0: topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm in Studio A after having a whole week off last week with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. That's right. Yep, uh, if you guys listened to the teaching from last week, it was awesome. Very thankful for such a good pastor with timely messages, you know? Who else is preaching about Passover on Passover in a Christian church? You know what I mean? We are. We are. We definitely are. So, praise God for that. Um, Stay tuned at the end of this podcast. We are going to count the Omer, and if you don't know what the Omer is, I'll give you a quick, brief, uh, you know, little rundown on what the Omer is at the end. Uh, but today we're studying the tour portion, so I'm very excited about that because this tour portion is a tour portion near and dear to my heart. I know that uh, Pastor Nick loves Leviticus. I too enjoy Leviticus, um, but this tour portion especially is is one of my favorites. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, you guys can reach me at Ryan R Y A N at topraise.net. I got a couple emails this week that I was very uh, thankful to get I love getting emails from you guys I love corresponding with you guys um, you know we pray for you we we think about you we we you know hope for you guys all those types of things so um, we love to hear from you guys uh, a couple of things I want to know where are you do you have a fellowship um, you know you're part of a, a larger congregation Um, You know, are you guys kind of just meeting as a family, a home group, something like that, Um, you know, things like that. If you can get resources to you, we would love to do that, Uh, all those kinds of ideas. So, um, without further ado, we are going to jump into the Torah portion, Shemini, which means 8th. This can be found in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus, uh, chapter 9 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 11 and verse 47
1: very good, a quick
0: uh, outline
1: here that I want to share with you is this book starts with consecration and it ends in consecration. And of course the theme is ye shall be holy. Ye shall be holy. Now this particular book is broken up into basically two parts. Chapters one through 17 is the way to God. Chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. So this is incredible. There's some Incredible principles are going to be found here and everything. And we know in the very beginning we had, of course, the, the five sacrifices. The, we had the uh, burnt sacrifice, the, the, the meal sacrifice, or the, the peace sacrifice, the sin sacrifice, and the trespass sacrifice. Or you can call them offerings. Burnt offering, meal offering, peace offering, sin offering, trespass offering, and of course the laws of offerings. And so now we're going to be getting into <clears throat> an incredible part of the story here. Because we are going to be looking at, which is kind of cool, as you look at the Levitical priesthood, uh, we're going to look at Aaron offer sacrifices. And so when they had this, this, uh, I want to say an inauguration or a, uh, what do you call it, a a dedication, Uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, What took place on the eighth day? Uh,
0: Well, on the eighth day, Aaron and his sons offered up offerings for themselves and the people. See, the priesthood. Had to have their own sacrifices. That's right. Because they weren't above reproach. And so this is for, you know, because it's been a week or so, or two weeks since we've had a Torah portion because of Passover week. Uh, right. Or, or the Unleavened Bread. Yeah, because
1: we have the, all the Passover readings.
0: Right. And so this week, um, or the last Torah portion, it was the consecration, right? So they did the seven days of consecrating Aaron and the priests, um, Aaron and his sons, to to do the work of the priesthood and all that. And so now we're on the eighth day. Is that Right. That's 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 really good. Yeah,
1: there you go. And, and just a reminder that, you know, this this <clears throat> tabernacle is going to be fully operational on the first day in the first month, and that's found, and of course, at the end of Exodus, Moses finishes up his business, and uh, let's go ahead and read Leviticus 9, 7, Ryan.
0: All right, chapter 9, verse 7 says, <laughs> And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar, and offer thy sin offering, and thy burnt offering, and make an atonement for thyself, and for the people." and offer the offering of the people, and make an atonement for them as the Lord commanded.
1: Wow. Atonement. Once again, at-one-ment. at one minute. And of course, uh, why did Aaron lift up his hand toward the people?
0: Uh, well, he lifted his hands up in verse 22, to bless them.
1: To bless them. Yep. He lifted up his hands toward the people to bless them. You know, when we bring our children down for the children's blessing... We all extend our hands or even a baby dedication. I ask all to stand and just extend your hands. You know, it's, it's about being in agreement. And that's the, uh, the, body, uh, that's the body position for, uh, for, for blessing. Also, hands up in the air is like surrender. Come take the sacrifice. And so once again, uh, there's some incredible things happening here. And so let's check out. Uh, oh, and by the way, you know, uh, all the congregation uh, drew near and stood before the Lord. So this is a big deal. Yeah, you know, this is really, really a big deal. You know, it was like when we celebrated, uh, I guess, the Feast of Tabernacles for the first time in our new building. We went from the old building to the new building. We had this big processional and marching. And, That's right. And so it was really, really cool uh, back in 2013. So let's check this out. So let's go ahead and if uh, Ryan could read Leviticus chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. And once again, we're still in the section of the part, uh, making our way to God. That's right. way to God.
0: Yep. Verses 23 and 24 say, And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. Wow, man. I mean, that's one of those things where... When you know that what you're doing is in you know alignment with with God, that He's accepting your offering, I and mean, that get it
1: all set up, yeah, and the fire comes down.
0: Yeah, I remember the story of Elijah and where that's like, a principle where they had this you know this, the altar set up for the other gods, right? Dug and a trench like, with water and it just soaked it with water and everything. He's like, oh yeah, and then boom, all the water gets lapped up by uh, by the fire.
1: And, that, and that's a great question. You know, where's your sacrifice? You know, yeah, and and that's it's a principle. You know, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And remember, when Adam and Eve sinned, they they took fig leaves. That's oh, right. They had shame. They saw themselves. They were they were naked. They were guilty. Shame, and they covered themselves with fig leaves, and uh, and so God says, no, no, no. He, he removed those and gave them coats of skins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So something had to die. Blood had to be shed, right out of the gate. Yeah. And it's funny, so many people think there's so many different ways into heaven and this and that, but but just think about that, you know? Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And yeah. so blood has to be shed. The life of the flesh is in the blood. I've given it to you to make atonement for your souls. And
0: the way you know that this is true is because the enemy always tries to copy the things of God, right? So there's always a counterfeit. And so what you'll find is within occultism, there's sacrifices. That's why they do the human sacrifices, the baby sacrifices, these things that they still do to this day— um in these you know sick twisted you know um you know occultic circles where they're doing these strange things passing their kids through the fire to Molech and all these things there's there's these things actually going on even to this day but why well because you know lucifer is trying to take the glory of god right and because there is no atonement they're doing these things to him and it's just it just it's just a weird counterfeit of what god has set up and created you know which, you know, is, is not good. So here's the question. What is it going to take for us to truly experience the glory of God corporately today? You know, Ryan, I'm, I'm going to say this. In all my years of
1: experience, you know, I, I think we really need the presence of God because it, it, when you want His glory, that means it's honest praise. You know, people want signs and wonders, but if we say we want God's glory, then that means that we have to bear ourselves to the Lord. We have to be honest. We, we can't have secret sins. You know, it's interesting. We talked about the blood and in Leviticus 17, 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. And I find this very interesting because we break up Leviticus into two books, two parts, you know, two sections. Well, 1 to 17 is the way to God, right? So the sacrificial system is so important, even among the Jewish people. But I want to throw this out there because now all of a sudden, it says in chapter eighteen, which is the what the walk with God. It says forbidden sexual practices. Now I'm bringing this up because you're going to see different things happening. Uh, but the thing is, th- these are all sins done in secret behind closed doors. Yeah. So what God is saying is that get rid of your secret sins. If you want to walk with me. You gotta get away, you gotta get away from your, your secret sins behind closed doors. And that's, of course, chapter 18. And I and I think that uh, you know, uh when, when we focus on what God is asking us to do, when we practice our faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And I think the culture is in trouble, Ryan, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith does not come by Facebook. Hmm. <laughs> and Twitter. Yeah. It doesn't come by ABC World News with David Muir. I don't know. At I can put up like a
0: meme with some scripture verses on. I know, it. but
1: I'm just saying to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to encourage all of you that your spirit's crying out. That's right. You know, and the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us, and that's why I think we should always find interesting topics to discuss. You know, I'm sharing a message um, for this Shabbat. And it's called the Plague. And so I want to give a little bit of a rundown and just some common sense and some scriptures and some storylines, because everyone's trying to figure out why this plague came and why did it shut down the economy and why was everybody in the world affected? Yeah. But once I get done with the teaching, you're going to understand it much better that God is sovereign. He knows what he's doing. Uh, You know, and and, and like I said, I mean, when we go to prayer on Mondays here, it's a chance to hear from God too. You know, I've discovered something, you know, when I, when I hang out there, I actually went like a half hour over. So we went from like 10 to 1230, didn't even realize it. But what I realize is that if you're, if you're there and you want his glory and you want to hear from God uh, and you're just really just getting your house in order in your mind, I, I've discovered that he'll like, give me a word or show me something really cool at the end of prayer.
0: Mm, okay. Cause yeah. I
1: made it to the end, Yeah, you know? And so I, I think that, I think that, like I said, people want signs and wonders. They want sensationalism. They want to be stimulated, but I think we need to re- reconfigure this thing. And say, okay, if I want God's glory, then I have to be honest. Yeah, amen. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, if I'm not inspired, I can't teach.
0: You know, it's funny you say that. I think that bringing, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, bait tahila, right? It's house of praise, but that word teheela means honest praise. And <clears throat> bringing that honest praise is a big deal because, you know, how many of you guys know that we can come and just go through the motions and that we can be disingenuous? And I think that when we want to experience the glory of God, you know, first we have to be seeking Him diligently, earnestly, and honestly. Um, and in order to do that, I think that we need to take some of the, the, the protocol steps that it takes in order to do that. I think if we're seeking God's ways, um, and and you'll hear a lot of people within Christian circles say, well, God knows the heart. Well, amen, He does know the heart. And He knows when we know what we're supposed to be doing and we don't do it. And that we make a conscious choice to not do it. And I think that that's an important piece. So um, one of the cool things uh, when I started doing the Shabbat, I started coming to Beit Tehillah, was that on Friday nights, we have Shabbat with our families. And there's an anointing of, you know, keeping God's covenant and the sign that God has placed on us through the Shabbat, because the sign of his covenant is the Shabbat. And then we all who are doing that with our families separately come together corporately in worship as a, a corporate worship service on you know on the Sabbath day uh, in the mornings, and worship God, and there is an anointing to that, and, and the question no, that's good, begs that's good ride. The question begs is you know why are some days you know the glory of God falls and and people experience the Holy Spirit and they have a real encounter with God, and other days we kind of just go through the motions, and I think it's you know it, as much as we think that we're all separate from each other, I think that we're all joined together. Um, in the Holy Spirit, and that God sees what we're doing as a a whole, you know what I mean? We need people to step up in righteousness and in justice and say, hey, we want to do things God's way, we want to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we want to do it submitted to the Son of God and through His blood and through His Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to do this, and then bring that anointing and that worship to God. And I believe the glory of God, um, you know, honors that and comes and falls on us. And ultimately, ultimately the glory of God in this context will fall when, when there is a temple in Jerusalem, when the temple of God is in Jerusalem and people are seeking God in that manner. And, and we know that the ultimate, you know, end of that temple or the ultimate, um, or yeah, the ultimate end of that temple is that Yeshua will set up his kingdom and that he will rule and reign from that place. And that the glory of God will be in that place, and it'll be thick. You won't be able to stand in that place. However, in between now and then, there's a lot of turmoil that has to happen, right? A lot of, you know, things that... that, Birth pains. Exactly right. And and things that happen to the temple itself, where it gets, you know, it becomes holy, God's glory falls on it, and then it gets, you know, defiled, and then, you know, Yeshua comes and, and cleans it up.
1: I think it's an interesting, you know, and, and as we move on in the story. So this tabernacle is fully operational, ready to go, ready to be run. Uh, they have the dedication. They have the inauguration. They've dedicated the sons, the tabernacle. And now we're going to get into uh, the sin of Nadab and Abihu. Uh, I would like for Ryan to read this particular story because it's right here in this Torah portion. And once again, this is uh, the portion where it is the way to God. And he's going to read verses 1 through 11.
0: Here we go. It says And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said unto Aaron, and unto Eliezer, and unto Ithamar, his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. And ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine, nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. And that ye may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean. And that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. Wow.
1: You know, we can all be made an example. Boy, can we. <clears throat> so what kind of fire did Nadab and Abihu offer to the Lord, Ryan? Strange fire. Strange fire. So I want to point out a couple things here that Nadab and Abihu messed up on. Let's Scripture interpret Scripture, and I'll just tell you right out of the gate. First of all, they offered up strange fire. So that means that the fire didn't come from the altar. Right. It's like flick your bick. They got the fire from another source. Right. Right. And, and the fire is to burn continually on the altar. So let's say you want to do your fire pans and you want to light some incense. You have to take the fire from the altar. Interesting. Yeah. You don't take it from the menorah. You think, well, hey, the menorah's already lit up. I got a, I got a, I got a, a light source right here. So they offered up strange. They broke protocol. So everything starts with the altar. And, and I love this teaching that was, that was done. Well, what is an altar? But it shows that the God is the owner right. of the earth. An altar shows ownership. So when you build the altar, you're saying that, that God is the owner. And you're building it and acknowledging him. So you're not doing your own thing, building a duplex, nice pool patio area. Yeah. <laughs> you're building an altar because you're setting, you're setting a principle, a precedent. You know? And it says, well, you know, what happened to Aaron's two sons as a result of what they did? There went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they, they died before the Lord. So literally, he took their breath. That's what it means in the Hebrew. He took the very breath that he gave them. You, know, you think about this coronavirus, it's all about respiratory. That's right. You know, and, and so we can see this, you know. <clears throat> and so Moses is disturbed because these are Aaron's kids. Matter of fact, Nadab and Abihu were the two boys that were at the uh, at Mount Sinai when they got the marriage covenant and, and got to see God and eat with him. So how quickly right. we could be made an example even today. And, uh, well, the I think things- especially
0: those people that sh- should know better are made an example. And
1: it, it's so true. Like I said, you know, we can, we can beat up these people, but they're examples for us in the Bible. We're yeah. not here to ridicule them or put them down. You know why? Cause you're going to see them.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and if they have corner me somewhere, you know, like, Hey, you remember Pearly that Gates. podcast
0: you made? Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh really? Well, let, let me, let me share with you what you did. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to... Oh yeah. yeah no you thanks. guys got Netflix. We got <laughs> heavenly flicks. <Ooh. clears throat> so yeah. So think about it. So, so, you know, you don't want to do that. But you know, once again, you know the the two things that Moses told Aaron the Lord would be was sanctified and glorified. Yeah, God's not your buddy. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean he, he's he's your father, right? But he's not your buddy. Okay, you know, and, and he, he's even your friend, but you can't get all buddy buddy with God because he's he's the creator. He's 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 omnipotent, omniscient. He's he's I mean he's just uh, he's a powerful powerful being. Yeah, you know, and we all we have to make these choices towards him. You know, Mishael and and el the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, carried Nadab and Abihu out of the camp. Took their bodies out, dragged them out. Yeah, that was a tough job to have. And and, and so once again, remember, they offered up strange fire, so it didn't come from the altar. Right. Now, maybe God could have let them get away with that, but check this out. It says in Leviticus 10.9, when the priests entered the tabernacle, wine and strong drink were forbidden.
0: Right, it does. Yeah, verse 9, it's almost like... Um, you know the Lord speaks directly to Aaron. Why do you go ahead and read that right afterwards? And he says, "Do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die." It shall be a statute forever throughout your generation. So the priests were not permitted, um, you know, to to drink and then go in. And so what this does is this is a little context clue: is hey, look what just happened? They brought strange fire, and then oh by the way, when you come back in after having just lost your sons, right? don't drink and so this is the command that's given it makes you believe that it's possible that you know hey you had all this consecration action this big party for seven days where they were kind of quote-unquote working doing these sacrifices nadab and who decided hey let's have a little party got a little drunk stumbled in the next morning oh we forgot to light the fire oh geez and they bring strange fire into the, the well temple. not only that but they
1: they weren't in their right mind i mean they well, were right. they were what do you call it they were inebriated inebriated were, yeah. influenced yeah Uh, with alcohol and that that's what can happen you know Uh, and of course any priest that disobeyed the lord's command would die so those are two things that you could actually see because let's scripture interpret scripture you know people are trying to develop into a deeper level but the bottom line is that they offered up strange fire that didn't come from the altar number two they had one too many drinks and the bible doesn't speak against alcohol drinking but it it speaks against drunkenness you know and alcoholism is real you know and so you got to really know you got to know where you're at on that you know, if you always have to have a drink, you're an alcoholic.
0: Yeah. That's if you're good.
1: going out to dinner, I got to have a drink. I'm going to go here. I I'm going to get a drink. You're an alcoholic. And see, when you come to that place, you know, because I've been sober since what, 2000 and I'd say 2013. Uh, the thing is, God is faithful and, and he knows what he's doing, you know, and some people think they can manage sin. You can manage it. But I didn't like that feeling, Ryan. Well, I'm going to go out to dinner. I'm just going to have a couple glasses of wine. Every time I would go out to dinner, I'd want a couple glasses of wine. Yeah. And I'm sharing this right now to all of you because, you know, it's not that it's a secret sin. The congregation knows I wasn't some, you know, terrible alcoholic, drunk all the time, drinking and driving. But I I will say this, though. You know, if you think about it, you're the master. You know, you have to be the master of your life. And, and, And it's only a crutch if you use it. So I got tired of feeling that way, you know? Why can't I just get a Coke or a tea, you know? Yeah. And then you just realize, you know, I can't manage this. I'm just going to cut it out. Praise God, you know? And I'm not going to, you know, jump on the soapbox and condemn everybody for drinking, but I'm saying that if, if Nadab and who died, I don't think the pastor or deacon or elders should be having a few drinks before service.
0: Definitely not. I agree with you that. You need to get help. Yeah, you shouldn't have a flask of whiskey in your pocket. That's
1: So, so once again, you know, um, we're going to continue on in Leviticus chapter 10, verses 10 and 11,
0: Ryan. Chapter 10, verses 10 and 11 say, uh, And that ye may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean, and that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses.
1: See, there's no gray area. Right. It's right or it's wrong. It's holy or it's unholy. There's life and there's death, there's blessings and there's cursings. And we choose life. Yeah. So Aaron and his sons got to eat the meat offering. Uh, and then the wave breast and the heave shoulder could be eaten by the priest from the peace offering. Uh, you know, as we follow the protocol and everything, this is very interesting. Here, here's a question uh, because, of course, Moses is like, hey, you know, we just lost Nadab and Abihu because they didn't follow prodigal. So here's the question uh, in regards to Nadab and Abihu. Leviticus chapter 10, verses 16 through 18. Here's the question, Ryan. Why was Moses angry with Eliezer and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron? Why?
0: Well, they let the sin offering turn into a burnt offering. Um, they did not apply the blood as atonement for the people, and did not eat it in the holy place. So, in other words, they didn't follow the script. They didn't take the offering that they needed to take off, right? To eat that portion or have that portion. I don't think they wanted to go near the fire. No, because they're thinking, <laughs> "Hey, listen, we lost
1: Nadab and Abihu. That's right. Let it be a burnt offering and totally consume it."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I think they're they're probably like, you know, what? We're going to let them all be burnt offerings for a while. Because you need to know which
1: offering is what. Exactly. And and if you just try to change it all, see, then it's going to be a mess.
0: Well, and this is also probably these guys' first time actually knocking these things out, you know, doing these these tasks, uh, because previously it was Nadab and Abihu that were in this position, you know? Right.
1: And, you know, who gave Moses a good explanation for what the two priests had done?
0: Uh, Aaron, their father.
1: So let read Leviticus yeah. ten nineteen. His explanation for this, mm-hmm. of course, this sin offering turning into a burnt offering. Why did he let, let it go all the way on the, on the altar?
0: Yeah. It says, and Aaron said unto Moses, <laughs> Behold, this day have they offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things have befallen me. And if I had eaten the sin offering today, should it have been accepted in the sight of the Lord? And when Moses heard that, he was content. So he he said it aloud. he allowed. It, it was a it was a this was a a, a, a rabbinical ruling was being made. You know, right. hey, here's what happened. This would you know. But think about it. If a sin offering
1: is on the altar too long, it's going to become a burnt offering. It will absolutely. It means it's going to be totally consumed. Once again, think about these offerings, everybody. The burnt offering pictures Yeshua. He gave his whole life. God wants us to give our whole life. The meal offering or the meat offering in the King James version of the Bible or the grain offering goes with the burnt offering. Yep. Why? Because Yeshua is a servant. He said, I've come to serve, not to be served. It's about serving. And so it's a picture of us because it goes along with giving your life. That's right. You know, I love what I love what Ryan does to everybody that he meets and stuff. You know, he goes, well, what are you doing? Okay, this is great. That was interesting. But what are you doing?
0: That's right, yeah. What What, are you
1: doing for the Lord? That's right.
0: You know what I mean? It's not everybody, I mean. It's people. I know. So so let me get on my soapbox for two seconds. Go ahead, I I enjoy that. So what happens is, um, we're we're all in this together, right, in the Hebrew roots, and one of the issues with the term Hebrew roots is that uh, whatever everyone's putting out there under the title Hebrew roots... uh, it, it, it reflects on all of us, right? So let's just say that I don't want to be associated with everything that everyone is teaching within the Hebrew roots, because some of it is wackadoo, and that's a technical term um, that you learn. Uh, wackadoo? Yeah, I think you were learning in Bible college, wackadoo. So, b- but here's here's the deal. the When people get into, and especially right now, a lot of people are home, and they got nothing better to do than to watch YouTube videos, and you know what happens when you watch one, two, one YouTube video, Right. The next one pops up. It's and then, like Lay's potato chips. <laughs> once you pop, I right? I can't have just one. Yeah. Well, no, that was Pringles that you, once you pop, you can't stop. Oh. But what happens is is you you end up kind of going down some rabbit trails and finding some stuff. And look, some of this stuff can be interesting. And, and I'm as guilty as anybody of of viewing things or, or studying stuff out and, and kind of letting things pique my interest and you know comparing it to scripture. And I think everyone should do that. But what happens right now is there's a lot of conspiracy theories going around and when i when i find people and all they want to talk about is conspiracy theories and controversial doctrinal topics i know that they've kind of lost their way you know from a, a the bigger picture right they've kind of gotten themselves into pigeonhole into this little spot and what they need is they need, you know, just a little bit of a, uh, they need a, an elevation. They need to come up a little bit, look at everything from a, a higher elevation and kind of see the big picture of what God is doing. Because when we read scripture, th- we can study all kinds of cool stuff a- as entertainment and, and that fits our fancy. <coughs> but at the end of the day, the scriptures are telling us kind of two major key things, right? Who are you and what are you supposed to be doing? So my question to people is, what are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? Who are you? What are you supposed to be doing? And I think if you can answer those two key questions and you can look at it from the bigger perspective, you're never going to find yourself as, hey, I am chief advocate for casting down controversy and conspiracy. Right? Pick your battles. At the end of the day, that's not what Yeshua did, right? His whole thing was about love, forgiveness... In you know helping the widow and the orphan, in showing us how to Absolutely. keep Torah the proper way. Um, yeah, those, Yeshua,
1: you know he interpreted the Torah
0: exactly right. And so I think that the question is, what are you doing? What are you what are supposed you to be doing? And how can you make those things line yeah,
1: up? Yeah, I love the Jewish people. They don't care what you believe. Show me what you're doing. Uh, we're going to get into Leviticus chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 12. Is about clean and unclean animals. We're not going to read it. For the sake of time, we're going to have a discussion, Ryan. This is an incredible discussion. I think you're going to really enjoy this. You know, it's interesting. There's two things you don't want to really even talk about to some people. Well, I would say three. Politics, what people can and cannot eat, and what people can celebrate and what they can't celebrate. Interesting. Boy, you can really pick a fight with that. Politics, uh, what you can and cannot eat. And then, of course, the whole celebration of holidays can really be a stickler, especially when it comes to Christmas. Sure. But we're in the topic of clean and unclean animals. And so check this out. Ryan, did the Lord tell the children of Israel what they could and could not eat? Yes. Good job. Because here's the thing, everybody. Thank you. We're looking for a principle. Now, scientifically, this has been proven. Now, I can say trichinosis, but I can't spell it. (laughs) But I'm saying that, you know... There's a reason for these commandments. I mean, think about it. So, so let's, let's look into this. Things that creep upon the earth, things that swim in the sea or the, or the oceans or the lakes, freshwater, saltwater, fowls and animals and livestock. Let's check this out. So what were the three requirements needed to eat a beast of the earth?
0: Ryan Leviticus 11.3. Well, thank you for asking, Pastor Nick. The three requirements that any beast of the field would have to meet in order to be eaten by a human are, it must parteth the hoof, it must be cloven-footed, and it must chew the cud. Man, that's awesome.
1: So there's the three requirements, right? That's it. I mean, there it is, and that's what God is telling us.
0: Well, and what's, you know, there's plenty to eat within that group, so that's what I Oh, would, this
1: is incredible. Why you, know, do you have to I go mean, insane? If you think about it, I mean, I don't know if I got my, let's see, if we're, we're looking at it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the following should not be eaten, Leviticus chapter 11, verses 4 through 7. Uh, we have, of course, the camel. You can't eat it, but you can smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got any camels? <laughs> I need mean, like that. You can't eat the coney, the hare, or swine, okay? So you can't have a bunny.
0: Wait, a we, rabbit? we can't have swine?
1: Or swine or but, a pig. But what about bacon? Beef bacon.
0: But what about... Turkey ba- bacon. Bacon-wrapped everything.
1: I know it's unbelievable, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So here we are, everybody. Listen, you don't have to do these things, but you get to. That's, wow. And I personally don't believe that the Son of God came along and says you could eat whatever you want. Well, and think about it it this a way. choice.
0: God created all these animals, and he said, hey, these are the ones that you should eat, and these are the ones you shouldn't eat. I mean... Who are we to come up and like try to do something different? I mean, it just I don't know. It is what it is.
1: Here we go. Listen, you can't eat cat.
0: Why now, would you want talk to? More why about would this. you want to eat cat? At the
1: end, we're going to talk more about these abominations. You can't eat hippopotamus. Now that would oh, feed my family man. for a long time. Put the hippo in the freezer.
0: That means I got to go bury the hippo.
1: Hippopotamus can't have rabbit. Can't have swine. So these these are unclean. Okay. And and we we live in a culture, you know, uh, that pretty much you know
0: they're they're eating a lot of different things. Hey, Not fun like some fact! Of these people. You ready? Go giraffe. Ahead. You can eat giraffe. You just had to throw that in there. Didn't I did you? just for everyone that likes giraffe. Man.
1: So. Think about it. Part of the hoof, cloven footed. Choose the cud. All right. Let me let's see what I got here. You, you got more? Oh, here we go. Let's just do this. You can have. Uh, you can have buffalo, deer, goat, sheep, albacore, anchovy, bass, carp, cod, flounder, grouper, salmon, snapper, trout, tuna, chicken, dove, quail, and turkey. Now, some of these foods that you can eat uh, uh, are in line with the the sea or the lakes and the freshwater and saltwater. So let's let's look at that, Ryan. Yeah. So what are the two requirements? I mean, as far as the fish goes.
0: Yeah, the two requirements needed two requirements? for the children of Israel to eat something from the water. Was that it had to have fins and and scales. scales. That's right. And not the kind you weigh stuff with. This is different kind of scales. And,
1: And the following should not be eaten among the fowls. Of course, the eagle, the osprey, the vulture, the raven, the owl, the swan, the pelican, the stork, and the bat. Wait.
0: You can't eat bat?
1: You cannot eat bat. You know, the bat is the only mammal that flies. So let's... Let's go ahead and look at this, Ryan. You and I can look at this together. I want to show you something interesting in Isaiah 2.20. In Isaiah 2.20. So
0: that means you can't have bat soup.
1: No. Hmm. That's why Batman's called the Dark Knight. (laughs) It's very mysterious. (laughs) Think about it. Isaiah 2.20. I I thought this was interesting in, in, in mentioning bats. In that day, a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold which they made each one for himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged rocks for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of. God gives us our breath and here they are worshiping. So, so that's actually... Found in Isaiah
0: 2.20. It says they were worshiping bats?
1: They were batty. I mean, you know, <laughs> they, were, they were just batty people. They were. Now, now if, if we can get into Isaiah 65.4, this is interesting. Which remain among the graves and lodge in the monuments, which eat swine's flesh, and broth of abominable things is in their vessels. Now, in the Hebrew, the broth of abominable things, it's its actually uh, pieces. But think about broth. Now, we know that this virus has come from China. And I'm going to have Ryan just share a little bit about the wet market and describe it to you a little bit. Because cause I tell you, after watching a little clip there, it's very, very, uh, I don't know, I'd say disturbing.
0: Oh, yeah. Well. I mean,
1: it's very disturbing. But, but, you know, there's been this rumor out there, this theory that a human ingested bat soup. And here we have the broth of abominable things is in their vessels.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, well, yeah. The, the the wet markets, they basically slaughter... In China. All kinds of... Yeah. Over, it's, there's a market in Give Wuhan. Them a picture. Like, you're walking through. What are they going to see? Okay. So, there's a video, actually, on YouTube where you can Google this. And I would say, like, if you're the type of person that when you see this stuff, that your stomach gets squeezy. Don't bother watching it. It's that type of video. Um,
1: but es- I skipped lunch.
0: <laughs> so essentially really you're walking through this 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 place and it's kinda almost like a GoPro style or like an Osmo style camera where they're walking through and they're just kind of showing you what they see. And you know, there's uh, dogs, and they're slaughtering dogs, and they're slaughtering. Cats and there's some and that are
1: still alive in the cage. Oh yeah, and there's some, and that are, some that are dead.
0: That's right. And some they're skinny, like different stages. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the blood on the floor.
0: Oh yeah, all over. That's this nasty. That's the wet market part, right? That they're actually like draining the blood and stuff in this market, and they're hanging the the meat and stuff for for purchase and for you know divvying it up into hey you know leg quarters and you know hind parts and all that kind bat of stuff. Bat kebab, bat on a stick. So the bat on a stick, oh, listen, so rats. they take they take these, um, they're trying to burn the hair off, I guess. It's the horseshoe bat. So they've got these, um, uh, what is it, like these torches. Uh, and so they, they stick the bat, like a stick in the bat's mouth, and they torch it, and they stick it there. And so people come by, and they grab them, and they just eat them, like, like right off the stick, like bat on a stick. So it's not sanitary. It's pretty gross. There's also like giant pythons or big snakes and stuff that they've cut up, and they're eating snake meat. And all kinds of... I mean, you think of it... It's a culture thing. Yeah, stuff that we don't eat, and they're there, and they're eating it, and they're happy to do it. Now, uh, the I don't want to say the, the rumors of bat soup have since been kind of like... I don't want to say disproven, but um, what they believe is they believe that these bats, that they were testing in a facility nearby, somehow the bats outside the facility, or maybe they threw them in the trash and somebody came and grabbed them, that they had injected with this virus ended up feeding on or eating um, the some of this meat that was out there laid out in this wet market. And so it was like a cross-contamination issue. And then the humans consumed this meat, i.e. they got this virus, this protein um, that causes this virus and, and, and so on and so forth. So it goes from there. But listen, it's gross. Um, you know, you hear it and you're like, "Oh, yeah, what a made-up story this is." No, like there's video of people like just going through and they're all buying it, like, "Oh, man, do I want bat today or do I want some cat or oh, uh, Ryan, you know what? listen, give me 3 rats, 2 bats. <laughs> what about the guinea pigs and a dog? Stick? Oh yeah, <laughs> and like like the squirrels and It's horrible. Oh, man. You
1: know, in, in Isaiah 65, you know, the, the title of this chapter is the rebellious will be punished. Oy. Okay. But like I said, it, it says here in Isaiah 65:4. I'm I'm making this up, folks which remain among the graves and lodge in the monuments, which eat swine's flesh and broth of abominable things is in their vessels. The broth, these soups that are unclean, you know, yeah. I mean, think about it. And, and, and I continue on in Isaiah 66, 3. Uh, let's see here. He that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man. He that sacrificeth a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offereth an, an oblation as if he offered swine's blood. Wow. He that burneth incense as if he, what? Blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations. That's Isaiah 66, of course. uh, Verse 3. Verse 17. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouse shall be consumed together, saith the Lord. You know, the bubonic plague was transferred through rats. That's right. So there's something about, you know, this, this realm of clean and unclean. Oh, absolutely. Uh, even when it comes to, to eating, you know, and, and so once again, um, it, it's all right here. And now it's coming back to bite us.
0: <laughs> I, now, see, I see what you did there. Bite us. <laughs>
1: you know, it's interesting. I was telling my children that at dusk, if you throw a tennis ball up in the air, bats will swoop down at dusk and they think it's something, and so they they can pick up on like insects and things, and they eat really? a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah, so bats are all part of God's plan, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's why you know when you think about, I had a Vietnam vet tell me he was going down the river in Vietnam, and um, he would you see dead soldiers and Vietnamese or Americans, and crabs just eating the bodies. Mm. You know, because they're they're the cockroach of the bay. You know, they're, yeah, they're yeah. the bottom feeders. Yeah, lobsters. You know, and, lobsters yeah, lobsters and and crabs and. So, so once again, you are what you eat. That's scary. Yeah. So once again, I love this. Rabbi Messer said this one time, if you'll listen to anything, you'll eat anything. So God is, is trying to show a distinction here. But, you know, as we progressively get through this chapter 11, which is, of course, the way to God, I'm going to have Ryan read uh, Leviticus chapter 11, verses 21 through 22, as we continue this interesting topic.
0: Yet these may ye eat of every flying, creeping thing that goeth upon all four, which have legs above their feet, to leap withal upon the earth. Even these of them ye may eat. The locust after his kind, and the bald locust after his kind, and the beetle after his kind, and the grasshopper after his kind. Man, I give me some grasshopper. Maybe we'll make some grasshoppers too. Roasted grasshopper.
1: You know, if you fry it and cover it in chocolate, it'd probably be good. Yeah, I had some chocolate-covered matzah yesterday.
0: I had chocolate-covered matzah, too. From Lev Haulam. So good.
1: That is excellent. So once again, uh, they, they said that John the Baptist ate what? Uh, the honeycomb and locusts? Uh, but then some were saying that this locust is like a carob. It's like a chocolate flavor. It's like a tree. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if he ate locusts or not. I mean, in the Greek, I don't know. I didn't really get into all that. We'll ask him when we get there.
0: Yeah. Either way, it's
1: kosher. You know, but like I said... Uh, the locusts are actually infesting northeast Africa, and actually there was locusts eating the crops in Iran not too long ago. So once again, uh, something to think about. <clears> there <throat> sure is. You want to continue on, Ryan?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So a person <clears throat> was unclean after touching uh, a, the, an unclean carcass until evening. So like roadkill? Right. So exactly right. Well, any you can't eat roadkill. Anything you can't eat that is dead uh that you touch it's it's makes you ceremonial and clean until right the it's just evening. the state of being it's very interesting have you ever heard of sail rabbit sail rabbit
1: sail rabbit it's where you run over a rabbit make it flat and it dries out and you can pick it up and throw it like a frisbee sail rabbit how do you know that i think it was in a movie or something sail <laughs> rabbit so weird i'm just saying <laughs> You know, and here we are celebrating the Easter Bunny. A lot of people, you know, I'm thinking, what is going on here? Yeah, you know? I got a lot of little bunnies. It, it, the on bunny's my unclean.
0: Well, yeah, to eat. For We're sure. not going to
1: get into all the reasons why there's a bunny because it's pagan.
0: Yeah, it's about yeah, it's you know the point. Uh, what is that? Like, what's it about? It's fertility, fertility. Yeah. Fertility, yeah. So, uh, so the person keep, who keep going, Ryan, yeah, the person who touched uh, <coughs> the unclean thing had to wash their clothes, and the following should not be eaten: that creeps upon the earth, the weasel, mouse. Tortoise, ferret, lizard, snail, and mole.
1: Yeah, I don't see a lizard running around in Florida, and I'm not really desiring to eat that. Well, and you lizards know, are like little dinosaurs. I think the coolest. They are thing?
0: So, such little cool things. They look too. like little yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah, like,
1: that thing was big, like yeah. an iguana. I'd be running.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. or even bigger. Remember
1: the, the iguanas this last winter. Oh yeah, they were freezing, falling out of trees. Falling out of the trees. How'd you like to have that? Like Nathan under the fig tree, reading his tour portion. Here comes an iguana lands on top. Well, yeah, like in tropical islands. Only in
0: Florida. In Miami, they were having like an advisory uh, that because the temperature was dropping dangerously low, and they've got an infestation right now of iguanas. um, They live up in the trees. That when it gets cold, because they're cold-blooded, they just kind of just freeze up, and they just don't move, and they kind of become catatonic until it warms back up. Well, basically, people were having getting hit in the head by them falling out of trees and stuff. So they had like a warning: "Hey, watch out for the iguanas can't falling eat out of the it, trees."
1: Even though it's an easy kill, uh, and also, you know, you, you can't eat lobster, octopus, oysters, scallops, shrimp, buzzards, flamingo, ravens, alligators, frogs, snails, snakes, turtles. It's it's all right there, folks. God, have a, God tells us what to eat.
0: I have a coworker of mine who just posted um, on uh, a picture. And he's living in South Korea right now. He teaches English over there. And he posted a picture of an ad for a pizza that was squid, octopus, and shrimp. That was the toppings on the pizza. Squid, octopus, and shrimp pizza. And he was like, no thanks, right? That was his little comment or whatever, which I was proud of that, right? But then I saw people on there like, oh, that looks amazing. I would totally have that. I had something like this. A lot of whatever. it's ignorance, right? Oh, of course. But it's just its just you know, I mean, squid, octopus, and shrimp pizza. I mean, if that doesn't get you turn into the, you know, some of this, some of the stuff
1: that we eat that's unclean you could be with jesus a lot quicker
0: <laughs> that's right that's right i'm just saying yeah i mean you know. i've seen people they, they have these videos of people when they um the octopus legs or whatever still move or something like that they pour the sauce on it and then like the legs will still move and then people are just like oh just popping that right in their mouth and eating it i'm hoping people aren't listening to this right before lunch Uh, Yeah, well, it's a little bit after lunch here. Why don't you go ahead and, and read
1: Leviticus chapter 11, verses 44 through 47, Ryan. Let's check this out. All right. In closing of this beautiful, beautiful portion here.
0: So it says, For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. This is the law of the beasts and of the fowl and of every living creature that moveth in the waters and of every creature that creepeth upon the earth to make a difference between the unclean and the clean and between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. So so essentially God is saying, Hey, I'm going to make a difference, a distinction between my people and the other peoples of the earth and my people don't eat this stuff.
1: So here's the question. Did the Lord want the Lord want to make a difference between what was unclean and clean? Yes. So, Ryan, what would you get out of this Torah portion, Shemini or eighth? Um, let's hear what you have. Well... I got a couple things, but I want you to go first.
0: Yeah, no, my first and foremost thing would be that, um, you know, I think about Nadab and Abihu, and I think about, um, you know, those of us that um, have sought the Lord for a while and have, have started to kind of work in conjunction with the Lord and and do uh, His things, His ways. Uh, Once we've been given these things as a gift, and we've been given His ways and the knowledge and the revelation, um, you know, of His Torah and of His Son, we're now responsible for that. And so to veer to the left and the right, it's not a good thing. I think it's worse for us... In our position than it is for uh, just somebody in the world who doesn't know any better, and I think we're held to a higher standard at that point. So I would say be careful because you don't want to be, you know, struck by lightning or smote with fire from the altar. I, I would
1: say number one, follow the protocol of the Lord. There you go. Or, or you could be made into an example. That, yes. And number two, uh, I really like this. Uh, know the difference between clean and unclean. You matter of fact, it's, it's it, thank you, Holy Spirit, in Galatians five. 19 through 21, uncleanness is one of the works of the flesh. So people are thinking, oh, I need more shower gel. <laughs> I need to do a hot shower instead of a cold shower. I've got uncleanness. So why would Paul give you the 17 works of the flesh? Because uncleanness is a state of being. You only unclean until the evening, you know. We, we all made mis- mistakes or something. You know, I think one of my kids had a Twix bar or something. And I didn't go into looking at the, the ingredients, but I'm sure there was leaven in there or some kind of yeast. Oh, yeah. You know, and so we, we get all that out. But it's interesting to look at ingredients now, you know, like these Lunchables. You can't have the crackers. Yeah. So, so it, once again, I'm teaching my children. And, and, and you know what? They might grow up and eat whatever, but I, I'm yeah. going to teach them what the Lord has, has taught us. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because, Ryan, and we could get into this, but, but we don't have a lot of time. But remember when the sheet came down for Peter— It had nothing to do with edible food. Basically, at the end of it, it it's called no man unclean.
0: Oh, man. So so
1: that's why there was such a... a, a, The Gentiles were so taboo. Look at at Ryan. He's got his new tabs there. He's going to town on his Keyword Study Bible. Come on, somebody. And he's going to tear it up right now. So once again, uh, you know, uh, call no man unclean. So the Gentiles were considered uncircumcised, unclean and uh, and dogs and things, you know, even the dogs get the crumbs. Who let the dogs out? You know, that's us, right. That's right. The Gentiles are dogs supposedly. And it was all taboo and so God was trying to reach Peter in this particular instance. and uh, Ryan's, I think he's in the book of Acts right now.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna looking. I'm not gonna find it probably, but here's what I'll tell you. I think you, you will. You think so? You just keep talking. I'll find it for you. Oh, there you go. Look at you. You're so nice. That's right. How about we have like a race? Don't you forget it. Don't use your phone.
1: (laughs) He's using his phone,
0: folks. Who says I'm using my phone? No, no, no. Oh, look. My phone, just look at it. It's all all messing up on me. Uh, 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 Uh-uh. 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 Peter's vision. Ah, there. I was right there, too. I'm right here. Look at that. Peter's vision in chapter 10. See what it is, folks. Is I have a new Bible, and so it messes me up because I don't have my highlights, I don't have my little notes in the margins and stuff like that. And so when when you get a new a the new conversion Bible, of
1: Cornelius, that's right,
0: that's right. So it is the conversion of Cornelius. Um, you know, where where are we? What verse are we going to? Do you know? On on, I think it's okay. I think we're here. So it says on the morrow. Uh, as they went on their journey, so he's going to Cornelius, and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up to the house. Okay, so it's beginning here. Okay, never mind. Let's see lodge It's verse 15,
1: oh, Acts ten fifteen.
0: All right, and the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. <laughs> and this was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. So so it's interesting, right? Because there's a context here, and context is key. We could build a whole doctrine off of this saying, hey, you can eat whatever you want. How about have a squid, octopus, and shrimp pizza? You're taking
1: it out of context.
0: Right. Keep reading. Right, but... And people have said, "Well, Peter, he goes ahead and he interprets it himself." No, God gives him the interpretation. God says, "This is the vision, and here's what I'm telling you: the vision means." God does it for him, and this is just the story of how it happened. So, we can't use this as the definitive evidence. Verse twenty-eight. Hey, read verse verse twenty-eight. All All
1: right, right. here's verse twenty-eight. Go ahead. All right, so you.
0: and he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one, another, uh, one of another nation? But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Come on, somebody. But Here's what's interesting. That is so good. Here's what's interesting. To the, to the uneducated reader, they see that, hey, he's breaking the law here. But he's not breaking God's law, right? Where in the Torah does it say that you can't sit down and have dinner with somebody that's not a Jew? That's good. It doesn't say it. I can go ahead and save you the time. It doesn't say it. So the point is that there was a, a common law that was created from the rabbinical system or from the temple of that time, which we know was corrupt, that had these laws. They'd put fences around the Torah, but it's not actually a violation of the Torah to allow Gentiles to eat with you just is what it is. So we could go on and on. Just suffice it to say, God's ways are higher than our ways. I'm sorry that you can't have bacon anymore if you believe the Bible is true. But you know what? Turkey bacon is great, and and that's the way that I go about it. I think turkey bacon's. And fantastic. you know
1: this this whole thing uh, as we move forward into Leviticus, you know, leprosy is considered a plague, and so we are really just praying that. Uh, this coronavirus would go to a dry place, never to inhabit another soul, and go away. Because, you know, uh, people are sick, they need healing, and people need protection. Amen. You know, it's interesting, you know, and, and I'll just throw this out in closing, that me as a pastor, you know, uh, I say give to, to God what is God and, and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But, you know, even the government has given us some instructions to follow. That's right. To, to you know, to lessen the curve. And not saturate our, our you know, medical facilities, doctors and nurses, and overwhelm them. And so it's, it's really working. It's really happening. But like I said, uh, these are instructions. And I don't feel like the government is infringing on my rights. I love to live. Amen. And this thing is very contagious. That's right. And it's no respecter of persons. And everybody's been affected all over the world. I think every country has at least one case. I don't know exactly. But, you know, and, and I tell you, I, I was just thinking, you know, <clears throat> If you think about it, I'm wondering how many firstborns did God take?
0: Interesting, yeah, yeah. Because
1: the death angel passed over for Passover. That's right. I wonder how many of those deaths were firstborns. Yeah.
0: well, I'm just wondering. That would be interesting. I don't think we're going to get that statistic. No, but,
1: but notice it's, it's the older generation, though. That's what's kind of creepy.
0: Yeah, well. And because
1: restoration is happening for all of us, Ryan. Right. Generation X, baby boomers, millennials, I mean, all of us are, are coming into into the knowledge of this. Matter of fact, I just got a seder picture from one of my, a couple that leads in, a, in our congregation. Their leaders, and they had four generations at their seder. Wow! So you know, man, you're seeing some incredible things
0: happening. That's right.
1: But I mean, as far as the the older generation being affected more by the coronavirus, it's just it's 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 kind of uh, relevant. It's interesting.
0: Well, and for those that think that this is all a hoax, um, I know that there's a group of folks out there that that believe that to be true. Um, I mean, I know people personally who have lost their spouse, um, to this virus. So, I mean, it just is what it is. So, um, on a higher note, on a better note, we are going to count the Omer. Um, the Omer, uh, for those of you guys that are not familiar with it, is the counting up of 50 days from, uh, the morrow after the Sabbath during Unleavened Bread, uh, to the morrow after the Sabbath, uh, seven weeks and one day later. And what we do is we have, you know, kind of just kept with a little tradition of counting and numbering, um, you know, the 50 days. We have fun things that we do with the kids. We have coloring sheets. We have all kinds of cool stuff. And, um, you know, we do it because it says to do it right there in Leviticus Right. We count seven
1: Sabbaths plus one day. So Shavuot or Pentecost will always be on a Saturday night. That's right. And that's right. the way we interpret it. It doesn't mean that we're right and everybody else is wrong. Correct. This is just what we do, and so Passover was Wednesday night to Thursday night, right. the fourteenth day of the first month. So we wait for that Sabbath, and that when the sun goes down on the Sabbath, the Shabbat, uh, and goes into the first day of the week, we count one.
0: That's right. Well, and that's and we we count here at Beit Dealer from the weekly Sabbath to the weekly Sabbath because when you read it at the end, you have to be at the morrow after the Sabbath at the end. So we that's how we figured it out. Where's, where's that verse? At and that's how we do it. It's in closing. Leviticus twenty-three. Um, it's going to be under the. Uh, the first fruits section. Um, So while he's looking for that, we're going to go ahead and say the blessing. No, I found it. Oh, you did. Never mind. Go ahead. Oh, he's quicker than I am.
1: Maybe not. Let's see here. Here we go. Uh, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15, everybody. And you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even until the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall you number fifty days, and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the
0: Lord. Boom! So at wow. the end you have to be at the morrow after the Sabbath again, and um and so anyway, so we're gonna go ahead and say the blessing now. Um, we are uh, we are recording this on Tuesday during the day. It is the third day, so when we get to that part, it'll be you know zero weeks and three days. But let's go ahead and say the blessing. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam, Asher Kitshanu, B'mitzvotav, Vitzivanu Al-Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe,
1: whose commandments add holiness to our lives and gives us the command to count the Omer.
0: Today, Today is three days, which, which is, is no zero weeks, weeks, and three, and three days, days of the, the counting of the, the Omer. Omer. Hallelujah. See how easy it is to keep God's commands. Um, you know, we're doing some cool stuff at our house. My son has got a um, uh, a puzzle with 50 pieces that he's doing, and he's just writing the number on the back each day. And then when he's done, he'll have a whole puzzle uh, completed for the Omer counting. Um, the girls are doing something with a jar and some like buttons or beads or something like that. And, uh, you know, just things to, to engage us because the, the counting of the Omer that Miss Libby teaches us, we talk about counting and numbering. And so uh, having two witnesses for the count. So... Praise God. All right, guys. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you need to reach out to me again, it's Ryan at ToPraise.net. Ryan at ToPraise.net. We are still uh having a uh pre-recorded live streamed service every Shabbat at eleven. You can get that on YouTube, uh, where it premieres at eleven AM. You can also grab it on Facebook, on uh, you know, Instagram and some other places as well. And uh we just uh, love you guys. We thank you guys so much for for being a part of this with us. We thank you for seeking God diligently and earnestly. And uh, we love participating in the feast, man. It is a feast season. We're right here in the, the coming to the end of Unleavened Bread. And uh, we'll get to have regular bread next week. But uh, right now it's all matzah for us, right? So bless you guys. Have a great week.